pudding and the pudding in this place is a football. Move! Eat my goal! The goalie has got football pie all over his shirt. Uh, welcome to this episode of the Down the Pull podcast. On this episode, we welcome back Wanderers president uh, Derek Martin. Uh, Gary was supposed to be joining us, but uh, he started a big Twitter spat with um, half of Ottawa, it seems, after the game on Monday. So I think he's actually in hiding from Oli Bassett. So uh, welcome back oh, to the show. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't have expected he to be the one to start a uh, Twitter war. <laughs> Me either, me either. I guess the uh, the emotions of the game on Monday, yeah, I got the better of them. So, um, speaking of which, uh, you're you're the you're the person who started all this. What what what's the game like that for you? Like what the you know the last minute winner and the emotions. What's it like for you? Yeah, I have to apologize. I still don't have my voice back uh, <laughs> after screaming. Uh, I screamed mostly on our second goal, but then uh, obviously on the third one, it was uh, it was pretty special. So. Yeah, that was a great night. You know, we've had uh, two, you know, nights this year, the Forge game and and this one that were just, I think, as good as it gets in terms of drama and excitement and uh, energy from the crowd. Uh, a night game, you know, some, some weather issues. It's kind of got the whole... Uh, everything's included. So uh, that was that was a really that was a really cool night. It was a really fun experience to be a part of. We were standing behind the, the goal in the, in the patio, and you know when they scored, kind of was, it went to like a little bit flat. But then you could just feel it was like still a, a belief that we could go back up and score another one. And then when we did, like I don't think I've, I've ever seen such a, a swing. It was absolutely incredible. So I don't know if there's a play. I don't know if there's one minute of time that better defines Zach Fernandez than that minute. He's been that kind of player since he got here. He's full of fire. He's full of you know, energy. He was fired up. He was pissed off. He was all of those things. And he just, uh, he, I said to him after the game, I said, you just, you took that upon yourself to will that goal into existence. And, you know, to watch a young man do something like that is, uh, it's pretty special. You know, he, I think he, uh, he transformed his career in that moment. Uh, you know, and he, and he did everything he had to do to that, to get up to that point. But, you know that uh, it all came together for him in a really, uh, really special way. That was that was cool to see. Yeah, see, seeing them going over to uh, one hundred four and basically lose his shit was uh, was pretty was was pretty special. And that's why we love the game, right? It's just for those moments, yeah. you know. Like we kind of sure. we, we we don't care if it's in the rain or if it's in the super hot weather. It's uh, it's, we live for those moments. So um, we're obviously nearing the end of the season. I think we've got three games left, one home game left. So. How happy have you been with the, the way the season's gone for the club, um, both on the pitch and, and off it? Yeah, it's been fantastic. You know, uh, I think if anything, it has gone so well that our own expectations probably got much higher than they should um, when we started to see, you know, it coming together on the pitch as quickly as it did. Um I know I'm guilty of it. And, uh, you know, if I think back to, you know, where we were at this point last year, um, you know, we've come a long, long way. And, you know, winning in sports uh, is more than just collecting a number of good parts. It's uh, it, 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 there's a whole lot that goes into it. Um, 
And I think, you know, we, we're building something here really special. Uh, we've always, you know, been working hard at building the off the pitch uh, stuff, which I think is really special already. And now we've, uh, you know, and, and not to, uh, I think a lot of the groundwork was laid in the first few years. We just didn't have whatever it was to kind of pull it all together. And uh, it certainly feels like it's coming together and, by no means does that mean we're there yet. I think that's we're in a fight right now, uh, which is the way it should be. You know, what a great what a great uh, thing it is for our league this year to have so many competitive teams. I think everybody playing well. It's not a matter of everybody playing poorly uh, and kind of a race to the bottom. It's it's the opposite of a number of teams playing really well and, you know, having different periods of the season where they're on top. And then there's periods where each team has struggled. And, you know, here we are now with this very, uh, exciting, you know, final three weeks of the season where, you know, we were going through it today. We can finish second uh, and we could miss the playoffs still. It's it's crazy uh, to think that, you know, with three games left, there's still that many different options uh, or outcomes that are that are still in play for us. Yeah, it's, it's been incredible. Um, as you said, like how close everything was. I think it was like two or three weeks ago, there was like four points separating like the top five or six teams, which... You know, it's a testament to all the owners, I guess, that they're willing to go out and, and find the players. And I mean, from a league standpoint, how happy is uh, everybody being with the way Vancouver have uh, kind of started their, their existence? Yeah, I think it's been great. You know, Rob, a uh, friend uh, who's leading the Vancouver operation, he's one of the, you know, smartest guys around the table when it comes to understanding the game of football and uh, you know, he proved it at Pacific with building a great uh, team there and a great squad. And, you know, I think he's well on his way to uh, replicating that in Vancouver. They've gone very young this year, but they're playing, you know, very well with those young guys, as well as a few strategic veterans that they've uh, peppered in there. And I'm sure, you know, that club is uh, going to improve and, you know, they're already a, a tough, uh, a tough game. We know we're in for a tough game this Saturday. Uh, regardless of where they are in the standings, they're going to play us hard. And um, they've got some real talent, uh, especially up front that, you know, we really have to prep, prepare for and be ready for. So it's going to be a great game. And, uh, you know, I think they'll uh, they'll continue to grow and, and do well. And next year, they'll be a force to be reckoned with for sure. So just before we get into talking a little bit about the the, the stadium and, and things like that, um, obviously, Joe Morelli went off injured last week and, there was a, a story of him heading back to Brazil with his kid on the plane. So uh, can you kind of give us an update of what's happening and kind of on a more positive note, like what, what what it's been like having him back around the team and what he's actually brought in terms of presence? Yeah, it's been great to have Ja back. We never knew if we would be able to have him back. So uh, to get him back and for him to come back and, you know, as Zhao often does, you know, write a storybook uh, return in terms of the way he came back and score goals and, you know, all the great things that he can do. Uh, so it's been awesome to have him back. And yeah, he did, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, he did come up with an injury uh, in the game before last, and it's a pretty severe one. So, you know, we we aren't sure yet if it's a season-ending injury or not. It's definitely a, you know, three to six-week kind of injury, though. So, uh, you know, he's not going to be back uh, anytime soon. If if we make it through uh, into the later rounds of the playoffs, there's a chance uh, that he might be back. But, you know, Zhao's been pretty honest uh, with everybody that he's a, he's a new father. And, 
a, a newly married man and uh you know his wife and uh son were scheduled to fly home to brazil uh this week so you know since he's out and won't really be able to do anything here for the next month um he wanted to head back home with them and and help them with their transition back uh to brazil uh so we let him go and uh you know we'll uh, hopefully be able to welcome him back before the end of the season yeah fingers crossed so um you know obviously the big news for yourself uh, has been the past week was your uh, presentation to the halifax council uh i, I guess my first question were you nervous <laughs> Like it's it's kind of daunting, right? No, you know, I think at the end of the day, I've been living this for the last uh, seven years. So I didn't say anything in that presentation that I haven't believed uh, for the last seven years. Um, I feel incredibly grateful uh, to everybody that has helped us fulfill kind of the promises that we made. And uh you know, I started off, I think one of the first few slides was, you know, bringing up the four uh, commitments I made back when I made that first pitch for the pop-up stadium. And, you know, it was a great uh, process actually going through and preparing it and reminding myself of where we were six years ago and what we said we would do and the fact that we've done every one of those things. And, you know, I set out on this adventure to you know prove to people that the wanders grounds was a great community asset that was being neglected i thought it deserved a chance to come back to life i i thought soccer uh was the right opportunity for halifax uh to finally you know have an outdoor sports and entertainment venue and i think we've proven those uh, thoughts to be correct. You know, we, we average over, uh, well over 5,000 fans a game. We've injected life into the downtown core, into the city. We brought the Wanderers ground back to, I think it's rightful place as a, you know, key, uh, community gathering place. Um, so I'm really proud of that. And, uh, you know, I was, I was happy to share that with the, the committee, uh, of counselors and, you know, basically, make my case to them that you know the time has come to finally solve this uh, community stadium dilemma that has faced Halifax for as long as I've been here and for decades before that we've got the right uh, we've got the right model now and uh, we've got the right location so you know it's time I think to do what uh, the city should should do and uh, match what it has in an indoor venue with the Scotiabank Centre with an outdoor venue at the Wanderers Grounds. And we're happy to pay to, you know, contribute to it and and be a, a long-term tenant that enables its success over, you know, a long time. And, you know, I really hope that our, our, our plan uh, falls on uh, ears of folks who appreciate we're being you know, transparent, we're being pragmatic, we're not asking for the moon, we're not trying to, you know, build something, overbuild something um, that we don't think fits with the, you know, area that we are and what we need. And, you know, all we can do now is, you know, keep keep moving through the process and uh, see where we end up. So uh, I was mentioned, uh, obviously, in, in the council, like, um, the, the cost of living crisis and what's going on in the city. So why was why is now the time for you to pitch that idea to the city? 
Well, I said this in the meeting. I, you know, I, I don't know if there has ever been a time in human history when a government has said at the end of the year, we've paid everything and we've got a bunch of money left. So we're going to write a check to every citizen <laughs> and give you guys some money back. You know, the, the, the reality is uh, running a city, a growing city like Halifax um means there's a lot of pressure on you know the government to do a lot of different things last year we had a 979 million dollar budget i'm sure this year it'll be well over a billion dollars uh in spending uh that the municipality not the province or the you know federal government just the municipality is responsible for so you know it takes a lot of money to run a city and uh there's always crises. Um, you know, obviously homelessness has become a, a very topical issue as it should, you know, it's a serious problem. Um, but it's not a problem unique to Halifax, right? And and for those of us who have come here from other places, uh, lived in cities like Toronto, you know, come from other places in the world, you know, you realize that uh, homelessness is a global issue. It's not a it's not a Halifax issue. And, and you know, we can't uh, just stop worrying about every other potential uh, thing that has to be done in the city to just deal with one thing. We have to uh, find, you know, some solutions that are unique to our city for, for that problem. Um, it's complicated. Uh, it's going to take a lot of work uh, between multi multi levels of government. Um, but you keep going. Right. And, and as you solve that problem, you've got to keep working on all the other things uh, that are going on. And, and the, the reality is Halifax is growing at a at a crazy rate. Uh, you know, we're adding 20,000 citizens every year. Um, that's going to lead to lots of infrastructure challenges, uh, roads, uh, facilities, uh, homelessness, uh, housing, uh, lots of things. Um and we're just one small piece of that. And, and you know, I think uh, a piece of public infrastructure like a stadium um, services the needs of a growing community. And, uh, you know, people can disagree on that. That's their right. You know, every taxpayer has a right to have an opinion. They pay for that right. Um, but, you know, it's my opinion uh, that, that this is a needed piece of infrastructure, has been for a long, long time. And, you know, I think we've come up with a very responsible, reasonable solution uh to a problem that's existed for a long long time you kind of you, you did mention in the in your presentation about the, the world cup coming along and having a spot here that maybe we could entice a country here to be their base and stuff for that and then somebody else had mentioned it being an aggressive timeline but how important is it for the city to have something before that 2026 world cup um in place I think it's really important. I think uh, it's a very realistic uh, goal to, you know, think about becoming a host of a World Cup participating team. Um, you think about the impacts that could have from a tourism perspective, uh, a business perspective in terms of trade and, you know, relationships with a country. You think of somebody like Scotland, you know, and where they're looking to come to get acclimatized to North America and start to do their prep. I, I, I think it's a reasonable uh, opportunity. Uh, it would certainly help us uh, for 2025 to be in the stadium and have something to invite some people to, to come look at and, and uh, see what it's all about before they commit to come. Um, but it's one piece, you know, at the end of the day, I think the more important issue here is uh, we are out of contract uh, with the city for the pop-up stadium. And, that means we're without a home. 
this is not a long-term viable solution at all. Uh, you guys, the fans know that better than anybody. Um, you know, it's, uh, I give credit to uh, the people of Halifax and our fans in particular, uh, because they make do. Um, you know, I think you've, you've told your story of your buddy who dropped his phone in the portal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's the only one. Uh, so, so, you know, it, it's a, it's, it's not a appropriate solution for a city our size. And, um, you know, we're a professional organization. We've proven it now. I can understand why at the beginning. And that's why I took the approach I did. I got it. You know, we're, we were new. The league was new. Uh, why would anyone commit millions of dollars to build a stadium for a brand new team and a brand new league in a sport that had never been successful here at a professional level? It, it, I totally understood why that wouldn't fly. Um, but it's different now. We've survived a pandemic. Uh, we've proven over and over and over again that we can draw, that we can uh, make the downtown a vibrant happening place at a time of year when traditionally it hasn't been. Um, you know, the the Scotiabank Centre is a fantastic facility. The, the Mooseheads, the Thunderbirds do a great job of drawing people, uh, giving people entertainment, number one, and then drawing people into the downtown to spend money that, you know, is our economic engine as a city, whether you want to agree with that or not, you know, um, there's a reason downtowns exist and people can choose to live in Dartmouth or Bedford or Sackville or wherever they want to live. But, you know, these, these downtowns are, you know, where the, uh, where the economy gets, um, gets moving to help sustain all of the services that you can get in all of those other areas where you want to live to be quiet and get away. And, you know, it all, it all has to work together. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's just been one of those things where, you know, we, we took our time, we, we have sucked it up over the last, uh, uh, five years, uh, pandemic certainly, you know, didn't help, uh, our timeline and it certainly wasn't appropriate, you know, after one year and then being shut down for a year and a half of making this request then, um, but here we are now and, and, you know, I think now is, uh, Certainly in our minds, uh, we need to get some direction from the city on, you know, what their commitment is going to be back to back to us and back to, you know, all field sports. You know, we uh, I know I know a lot of fans were disappointed that we uh, made the statement that we think it should be uh, switched to artificial turf. We love the grass uh, more than anybody else. Trust me, it's 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 romantic. It's wonderful. The players enjoy it. It's it's special. It really is. Um, but you know, to to have to make the to make the commitment we're making to say that our mission as a club is to make our community stronger through sport, and then not be able to say. Uh, it should be used, you know, every day by as many people as possible it would be completely uh, inconsistent. And, and we'd be talking out of both sides of our mouth. So what's important is that it's a facility that can be used by rugby teams, by soccer teams, by uh, football teams, by uh, anyone uh, and, and kept as a, you know, great location for us to, you know, still do what we do, but uh, gain all that added benefit of, being used 365 days a year by the entire community. There, there definitely seemed to be, uh, uh, before you did your presentation, the, the public participation part of it, you know, there was, uh, somebody was there with a toonie 
to offer yes, to, on top quite, of quite theatrical yeah yeah and then there was somebody else who was offering to uh get a license for a restaurant in the public gardens but yeah and you know obviously they're just doing that to make a point but you know like how the, the big thing it seems to be coming from them is that the league is handed or the city's handing over this part of our city's heritage to a private enterprise so how, how do you allay their fears that there's no way that you guys want to purchase that land you guys want to own that land like it's that you're just there as tenants well listen they're incredibly disingenuous as a group unfortunately um we aren't uh, they, they, they they know the facts but they're failing to uh, share the facts because it doesn't fit with their argument the reality is we are not the, the wanders grounds are not privatized um i pay to have every piece of infrastructure that exists at the Wanders Grounds there. I rent it or I bought it. So we've invested over $5 million so far in rents or purchases of all the things that you see there. Our agreement with the city allows us to leave it there. That's it. All we're allowed to do is put our stuff there and leave it up so that we don't have to pay five times as much as that to be moving it in and out all the time like we would if we were a one-off event and then in addition to that we agree to pay rent every single time we host a game there so this i this this number that they've used of 2500 2600 2800 dollars of rent that we pay the city that's just to use the patch of grass that we play the game on they don't talk about the fact that we then pay for all the other things that are there. We're not, if the city wanted to put those in, we would happily pay them what we pay ourselves to bring it all in. But that's not the way the agreement works. You know, nobody was willing to do this at the time. No one was willing to put a stadium up. So we had to get creative to figure out a way to do it. And, you know, we pay for all of this uh, infrastructure. We have it all there. It's not great. It's, it's, you know, it's, uh, barely satisfactory but it does the job and we make do and we make it work um but it's cost a lot of money to get something that's inferior and all we're trying to say is instead of us paying money every year to rent a bunch of stuff that is not very good why not actually build something appropriate and we can give you that money instead and it can go towards paying down a kind of the old adage of renting a house versus buying a house you know do you want to do you want to pay down the mortgage to have something that's going to be better, or do you want to just have the money going away uh, every month, and in our case, every year, to have a, this rented uh, facility that that isn't uh, really good enough? And you know, it's uh, it's too bad that we've kind of come up against this uh, this group's uh, notions that we're somehow evil and uh, ruining the the wanders grounds and the common. I. I actually fundamentally disagree with their entire notion that we're somehow doing something wrong because the Wanders Grounds has been a sports field with stands and welcoming fans since 1882. So if anything, I think we're actually returning it to the use that it was intended for and has been for almost 150 years. And the idea that it should be reverted back to just an open patch of grass that satisfies the needs of the people that live in that neighborhood who maybe when they bought their house, liked the fact that they could just, it was quiet and they could go walk their dog and have all of this public space for themselves. 
that's not that's not what it was meant to do and that's not what a city like Halifax should accept I think you know it's a uh, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful location for a public piece of land that serves the common uh, good for citizens of Halifax and we don't want it to be ours it shouldn't be ours it doesn't make any sense for it to be ours no individual or private company could ever build a stadium and make it make sense if they weren't buying a if they weren't getting a bunch of free land around it to develop apartment buildings and uh, condos and restaurants and all the other stuff that usually go into these types of deals um so so it gets frustrating because it feels like we're you know fighting against this uh this coordinated campaign of misinformation when you know in actuality you know we spent a lot of money and put a lot of blood sweat and tears to just try to prove a point that this is still the best location to have a outdoor stadium in Halifax. So, so when you hear like the, uh, I think it was the, the, the chair of the, the council um, or, or the committee saying, you know, what, what about Kemp Road, Strawberry Hill? Do you feel like you're sometimes going around in circles that, you know, you've kind of made your point of where, why we need a wanderers grounds and then everybody just keeps pitching up with it. Like that's the first time I've heard Strawberry Hill and Kemp Road, like obviously St. Mary's was brought up. Like, do you feel like you're banging your head against the wall sometimes? Well, if I didn't answer that question because I, I feel like the only question, the only answer I could have given was I just spent the last hour explaining why <laughs> the Wanderers Grounds was the location that made sense. And I always just come back to the fact that we took it upon ourselves to prove this at great cost, at great risk, because if this didn't work, nobody would be feeling bad for us and offering to help pay for, you know, all the money that's been invested so far. So, you know, it's not like we're still coming in there with this pie in the sky idea of maybe this will work here. Like we've proven it. You can see it. You, you can go to a game and see what it's like. And on a rainy hurricane post hurricane night still see 5000 people in there having a ball and and having the time of their life and i just i just uh i i really hope that politics doesn't get in the way of 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 you know really just paying attention to you know what we've been able to do and the arguments that we've made and at the end of the day there may be a very good reason not to do this um but it shouldn't be because they don't think it's the right location um because it it obviously is yeah it's you know as i said like that was the first time i've heard that location and anybody who's ever gone down the windsor the windsor street junction will know yeah. that that's really not going to work so the other thing that's interesting is you know we talk about the housing crisis in halifax and you know i the wanders grounds because of its nature and the fact that it is part of the common it couldn't be developed into housing so you know, those other areas can't. So, you know, that's another part of this argument that I find interesting that, that you know, people conveniently maybe leave out or forget. But but why wouldn't this, I don't know what else the Waters Grounds could ever be used for other than this. Yeah. Right? So so when you think about other locations, let's let's really develop those to, you know, take care of the housing issue that we have in the city. Um, but, but. I don't think you're going to ever see a proposal that says we're going to put up a bunch of condos and apartment buildings on the wanderers grounds. So if it's not going to be used for that, then why not this? That makes all sense. Like, you know, like it, if it goes back to where it was, you had a pictures of what it was before and it was just 
a piece of waste ground that was doing nobody any good. Nobody could use it for anything. Like, I mean, if you try to play football on that or play rugby on that, you were going to get a serious injury. So, um, um, yeah, you got me going now, so I'll keep going. But, you know, the, the <laughs> argument, the argument that it was being used by these amateur sports groups is completely ridiculous. Like it was not being used by the amateur sports groups. Citadel high school could not use it for football because it was so uh, bad. Um, and because it was run like any other city field, if it rained and was shut down, they couldn't practice or they couldn't play a game. Um, so they had stopped using it entirely. Soccer teams could not use it. Uh, the rugby teams had stopped using it. So, you know, it was being used by, uh, you know, a recreational ult ultimate Frisbee league, which is all good um, that they were using it, but they were using it because it was available because no one else wanted it. That's why they were using it. And, uh, you know, the idea that we somehow took it away, every, every minor sports organization in the city signed letters of support for our project. Um, so, so you know, to, to, to try to make it sound like they, the friends of the commons are, you know, speaking on behalf of the minor uh, sport community is, uh, is quite a stretch. Big time. Um, so my, my last question on this, before we get into, uh, some listener questions, you know, this is another thing that seems to always spin, spin its head around, you know, somebody had mentioned, I think it was Tim, out here, whatever his name is, about the CFL again, you know, and it's like, there seems to be this thing that the CFL is going to come to our city and, turn us into this big time American city because we're going to have a, a, a pro football team in, in the city and stuff like that. But, you know, has there been ever been discussions between the Wanderers and the CFL about ground share? Like, do, do you know football? Like, I know you, you played it and stuff like that. Like, and we obviously had the game at St. Mary's. Like, do you think CFL is viable in the city to 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 ground share with um that the, the Halifax Wanderers? Right now, no. Uh, I think, uh, and I've said this for a long time and I'm not changing my tune. I, uh, I'm a football guy. Um, I'm a big football fan. I was at touchdown Atlantic. Um, obviously, uh, in our league, we have tons of partners, uh, with forge and valor who are also run by CFL teams. So there's not this big divide between us or, you know, any animosity. I think at the end of the day, uh, the Wanderers grounds would make a great location for a CFL team. Uh, you know, the work we've done in the, in the way we propose this to have, you know, 8,500 seats to start with the ability to expand the other half of the stadium down the road to get it closer to, you know, 14 or 15,000 seats. Um, that potentially could work for CFL, but I don't think we're there yet. And you know, I I think a touchdown Atlantic game every year at the Wander at a new refurbished stadium at the Wanderers grounds could be a great test uh, to build up some momentum and to continue growing the sport here. I think as a football guy, my kids play. You know, my two sons play high school football for Siddle and you know around it uh, all the time. It, it's it's football still has a long way to go at the grassroots level in Halifax to get to the point where it is in Ontario. I grew up in Hamilton, you know, you played minor football, you were part of minor football leagues, teams, everybody played high school football. It was a big deal. Um, that's not the way it is here yet. And, and maybe it gets there. Um, and I wouldn't want to close the door on it. Uh, but right now today, uh, it's not viable. And it's, uh, it's, it's a few years away, I think from uh, being something we should be really, considering and talking about 
Yep, I, I, I totally agree. I think um, for what the Wanderers are right now, like, you know, eight and a half thousand, I think is a good goal to go for. And then obviously we've got the modular aspect of this, which how that worked then to increase the capacity over time. So what we proposed for this first phase was basically replacing the two metal grandstands that we rent. So the kitchen uh, grandstand and then that kind of main 101 to 106 or 107, sorry. Uh, those two pieces of rented infrastructure would be taken away. And then we would put in a L-shaped uh, permanent modular grandstand with a roof Um and by doing that, we gain an extra 2,000 uh, seats. We would leave the other two sides, which are the south and west sides, with the shipping containers that are there now in phase one. We leave those. We've already invested in those. We would contribute that to the project and just say, okay, great. Take this. You know, This stays. Off we go. Um, and then those are the two sides that down the road, if in three, four, five years, you say, okay, geez, we've already outgrown the 8,500. We're sold out every single game and, uh, you know, it's hard for people to get tickets and there's interest from a CFL team or someone else. Then all of a sudden you can say, okay, if we remove those two sides with the shipping containers, you can add equal sized grandstands that are on the other two sides and double, in essence, double uh, your capacity and get you up into that 14 or 15,000 uh, person range. So, you know, that's, that would be the basic uh, plan um, that allows us to to still take advantage of the footprint that we have, which is quite tight, but that's also kind of the charm of it, yep. right? We, 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 it is tight, but that means you maximize every inch and, you know, it's, uh, there's nothing wrong with rubbing shoulders with uh, the fan next to you. It's all part of the, part of the fun. Um, and, uh, and then we can, we can go from there. So that so that's, that's how we would eventually get there when the time came. I'm sure you probably had most Wanderers fans sold on the fact that there's going to be a roof somewhere. So, uh... yeah, especially after this year, yeah, yeah, this has been the worst. Uh, you know, I, I, I should have been knocking on wood the last few years because I would get asked about what do you do in the rain. Oh, it doesn't rain too much, uh, and then this year we've hammered. Yeah. Um. So just getting into our listener questions here, we had a question from Thomas Hewitt. Uh, what was the process of creating the renders and idea of the new stadium slash surrounding area? Uh, well, the process, uh, it took a lot of uh, work and a lot of conversations. Um, so we've met uh, numerous times with our neighbors, the Lawn Bowling Club and the, the Halifax Lancers, um, the horse uh, riding uh, folks. Uh, there's also a, a proposal from the Friends of the Public Gardens to uh, take out the uh, greenhouses that are located there on Sackville Street that most people walk by on their way to the stadium and uh, definitely need to be replaced. So replace those with a, a new, um, I think they call it a horticultural center, but basically a, a giant greenhouse that people could walk through and uh, become a, a nice piece of infrastructure as well for that area. Uh, so we spent a lot of time talking to them, uh, understanding what their needs were, you know, trying to fit everything, like kind of doing a puzzle, you know, trying to fit everything in. And if we move this over here, how do we fit, you know, this over here that we might need? Um, we met with a few different planners that helped us think about things we might not usually think about in terms of access roads and, you know, deliveries and, and parking and just where things need to go. 
Um, we worked with uh, Bear, which is the company that we have been talking to about building the modular stadium. Uh, they provided us with a ton of really great uh, renderings themselves, as well as diagrams, uh, uh, schematics that we could use to build to build out this uh, this piece. And then, you know, a really great story. But uh, there's a there was a young guy uh, named Ben who uh, came to see me a couple of years ago who had done his thesis in university on you know a stadium at the Wanderers grounds. And he just wanted to come share it with me. And and I think he was just very proud of what the work he had done. And he, he shared all his materials with me. And I thought they were great. And uh, we stayed in touch. And he now works for an architecture firm uh, here in the city called Fathom. And uh, when we knew we were ready to kind of move to this next step of having some renderings done, I reached out to Ben and said, hey, you know, uh, why, don't, uh, why, don't, why don't you help us out here? And uh, we'll pay you guys to help us uh, create some beautiful uh renderings of what we're all trying to build and uh he was awesome he he worked his butt off under a, a really tight timeline to try to to bring it all together and he produced the uh the images that we released uh at the during the presentation and are now on our website that's amazing uh, i love that that's, yeah. that's 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 like a halifax story you know what i mean like it's just someone just reached out to you kept in touch with them and like they were able to help you with that i love it um Next uh, question is from CB Keeper Guy. Uh, since the, Sask the Saskatchewan bid seems to be on hold or dead, are there any other cities who realistically uh, are going to come on board in the on the horizon? Yes, absolutely. Um, there are a number of cities uh, in the mix right now. Um, I think we we learned a little bit, obviously, from the Saskatchewan experience and. You know, listen, at the end of the day, that was, uh, you know, a statement was made about trying to help the group that was trying to push that forward because that group felt a statement from the league would help them. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's too bad that it didn't work out. But, you know, as we're experiencing here in Halifax, these are complicated uh, things to try to have uh, built. You know, stadiums uh, are complicated things to get built. Um, and, and, you know, they're, they take a lot of work and, uh, you know, a lot of care. So uh, we do have a, a number of cities right now that are in the mix um, on, on expansion, you know, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah. give away today. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get in trouble, but, you know, I think uh, we're very confident uh, as an ownership group um, that this league has lots of uh, growth opportunity still to be realized. And, you know, I think with uh, 2026 on the horizon, um, we'll see a lot of movement uh, before the World Cup uh, and then probably equally as much movement after the World Cup um, in seeing this league grow from, you know, eight to 10 to 12 teams um, in, in not a long period of time. Love it. Um, you did have a follow-up question. Uh, onions or no onions on your donors? Sorry. I love onions. Okay, there we go uh yeah. so sure, once you've gone down the donair road the last thing you need to worry about is how onions <laughs> <make> it... <laughs> you're already so far gone you don't need to worry about it yeah, you're, you're you're all in <laughs> so uh this one's from uh Stan pearson um so if we make the playoffs and we have an away playoff match would you look to put um a game on on a big screen at the the wanderers rounds what do you think uh, I I don't I can't see you doing it to be honest. <laughs> we would we would we would absolutely do that. Yes, um, 
You know, I think we were one. Of, I don't know if anybody else did it during COVID, but we did it for the Island Games. And those were a lot of fun. Uh, those viewing parties we did for for those matches. And uh, we would certainly want to uh, do something to bring our fans together uh, in a fun way and help cheer the key team on and, you know, let them feel the energy wherever they are um, coming right through the hopefully right through the camera on the other end to, to will them on to victory. Love it. Uh, that was like that was like one of my favorite memories of the Island Games was uh, getting to watch yeah. the final at the, the Wanderers ground. So, um, Chris Searle, what's changed the most in your day to day operations with the club? And if nothing has changed, what have you learned in these five years to help generate consistency and stay motivated? Yeah, uh, good question. Um, well, I've learned a lot, uh, obviously. Um, I think, you know, personally, um, I, I, and I don't think anyone would uh, say I'm not still this to a degree, but I was quite a micromanager um, to start. And I have definitely learned and also uh, been shown by my great team around me that I don't have to micromanage them as much. Um, and, and that's gotten much better, I think, uh, around, you know, being able to focus more on the big issues, you know, the stadium obviously being a, you know, core one for the future of our club uh, here in Halifax. That's really, you know, the issue that takes up the majority of my time uh, at this stage. I, I love, you know, the marketing side of this. I love the you know, a branding uh, side of how do we grow and become more and more relevant in the city. That's really, I think, what, you know, gives me energy every day is to to think about those things and to work on them. But, you know, I'm I'm very fortunate to have a great team of people that, you know, have, have really earned um, my trust to l- let them do their thing and um, kind of just, uh, just stick my nose in every once in a while, of course. <laughs> To, to see what's going on and offer some help and some advice and the odd time, uh, you know, change course. But uh, most of the time I'm just, uh, you know, uh, working with them to uh, help support their ideas and their vision for how we keep growing this great, great team. Love it. Um, so speaking of employees, a former employee, Halifax, Dave, uh, okay. <laughs> have you got past five juggles with a soccer ball yet? <laughs> Uh, I, I think I could, but I haven't yet. (laughs) Practice makes perfect, my friend. Uh, I need to practice more. And does Fernando chirp uh, you more at meetings than Ottawa fans do to Halifax fans? (laughs) Listen, Fernando is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, I have a lot of time for Fernando. I think he's doing a great job in Ottawa. I, Listen, I get a kick out of it. I, I think it's great that our fans have uh, dialogue and go at each other. I think it's good for the league. I think it's great that Ottawa has done such an awesome job to, you know, go from an expansion team where they were maybe struggling a little bit to get people out to, you know, having a, a championship game in their home venue and getting 15,000 fans and obviously building a very passionate fan base. I, I think it's awesome. And what I wish is we had eight of those, uh, you know, fan bases across the league that you guys could get into arguments with online and 
have your little Twitter fights. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what we need, right? We need everybody to care as much as the Halifax fans care and the Ottawa fans care. And, you know, when we get there, that'll be a great thing, but, uh, yeah, no, Fernando's awesome. You know, I, uh, I, I, I wish those guys, uh, you know, all the luck in the world, except when they play us. Um, and I will say there's no team I enjoy beating more than Ottawa. So you can, you can, <laughs> I, I, um, I, 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 most of the chirps that we just tend to see online, um, from Ottawa fans is about our stadium and the fact that we use porta potties without running water and we've got like fake, uh, stands basically. So the fact that you're trying to fix that makes me appreciate it even more. So, uh, <laughs> this, this one's from Denton who actually gave a, a nice little, uh, nice little uh, speech, I guess, before you went to present. Um, so uh, what's the worst advice you've gotten on how to run a club? I can't think of any bad advice I've gotten. I, I must say there aren't a lot of people to ask advice from. Um, so, you know, that's been, you know, one of the uh, challenges in all of this is we're, you know, a startup league and we're a startup club and, you know, I think it's been a lot of trial and error. I am a huge fan in my business and in my life of, you know, trying uh, and doing things and failing is okay as long as you learn something from it and, you know, do better the next time. Uh, so so I don't think there's been any kind of, you know, bad advice that I listened to and and did. I think, you know, if anything, I've, I've gotten some good advice I didn't listen to. Um, <laughs> around staying off of social media <laughs> you know I, I i i think i've made some mistakes being too engaged but um you know overall it's been a really amazing uh process and uh you know in my in my professional career and in my personal life it's been a real joy uh over the last five years you know uh, living and breathing this and you know, uh, I feel like uh, we're we're certainly in a much better position now than we were five years ago in terms of, you know, what we know and what we know what not to do. Um, uh, but we're going to keep trying. We're going to keep experimenting. We're going to keep trying new things, uh, uh, you know, and, and some will work and some won't. Um, and we'll we'll hopefully just uh, through trial and error, keep making it better and better. So the, so the football community as a whole, like, are they accessible? You know, like, obviously we had uh, the under 23 games against Holson Kiel from Germany. And, you know, uh, we had, uh, I think, Kieran Basco went to Coventry at one stage. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. So, like, you know, are other teams from other leagues and countries, like, are they open to helping you out and uh, giving you advice if you need it? Yeah, I think most fans in Canada would be um, surprised at how interested the rest of the world is in the cpl and in what we're trying to build and there's you know obviously uh, in some cases centuries of history in uh, this sport in you know european countries and in some other places so to be able to start something brand new and you know, not necess- not maybe make some mistakes that have been made in the past um, that or or things that are inescapable just because of the way they were structured and built. You know, I think is really fascinating to a lot of uh, old world, I guess you would call it uh, soccer, soccer people. And, you know, we've got some relationships with companies like Macron, um, 
that enable us to go to, you know, we, every year they invite us to their, uh, their, their annual uh, event they have where every club that's a, a club of Macron's is there. So, you know, you get to sit at dinner with, uh, you know, folks that manage uh, clubs in La Liga and clubs in uh, Syria and clubs and you, and you get to have these conversations about, you know, uh, interesting topics and you know they're as fat they're they're fascinated to ask us things as much as we're fascinating fascinated to ask them you know about things they've already experienced and it's this really great you know opportunity to learn from one another and and to grow and i think you're seeing it now with some of the transfers coming out of our league you know people are um really interested in what Canada has to offer. And, you know, when you produce a player like Alfonso Davies, um, it gets the world's attention. And, uh, you know, I really hope that a few, uh, I think we've got a couple players right now that have a chance uh, yep. to move on to bigger and better things, uh, which is a okay, you know, and I think, I think everybody's got to understand that. Like, we're we're excited for you know a guy like dan to you know come to halifax give us everything he's got put his you know heart and soul into every single game you know bleed for our club and play his ass off and if that earns him the chance to move up we're going to be so excited and happy for him um and and that's that's you know what this league is all about and it's what i think each club you know should be about is you know, we we certainly want the best from them um, when they're here, and then we only want the best for them uh, when they're ready to uh, ready to move on from us. And you know, I I really hope we finally get that this year. And I think a guy like Dan or a guy like Zach, you know, they have great uh, they're going to have some great opportunities, and uh, we'll be cheering for them as loud as we possibly can. And and I think the the fans feel the same too. You know, it's like it's uh, we all know that we're kind of just starting out and to see people it's it's a sign of any league that's becoming a good league to see players move on to uh, the bigger yeah. leagues and stuff you know so it's Listen, all part unless of the game unless you're uh, unless you're Tottenham right and you're at the top of the uh pecking <laughs> football, you know every every team is a team right so yeah uh, so I think it's just the reality of of this being such a big global game where uh you know there's there's you know, teams and leagues that are much higher stature than us are selling players on every year. And that's just the, the reality of being in this big ecosystem. So um, the next one's from uh, good friend Carlos. Uh, are we going to see more renderings of what the inside of the stadium will look? Um, and is there any flight plans if we do make it to the playoffs? Because I know we were going to have the party plane and that kind of <laughs> fell through. So uh uh yes yeah, so uh yes we can share uh we can share some more we can probably add some more photos and renderings to our website we do have some renderings from bear of what the interior would look like and it's quite uh quite nice and you know again especially considering what we have now it looks really nice um so yes I'll, we'll commit to get those uh up and share them as as time goes on um, it's funny you mentioned the plane I actually brought that up in the office today and I I almost got shot uh, every, I don't know if people can appreciate what goes into announcing you're going to do a plane ride uh, taking people's money then having the airline cancel the flight on you and having to refund everybody's money but it's not an easy uh, thing to work through um, but I, I did suggest it again today, uh, and and I think uh, a couple people almost quit. So I, I might have to keep working on that one. Uh, 
over the next couple of weeks. But if we have a, if we have an amazing viewing party, I don't think anybody's going to want to yeah. leave Halifax anyway. That's going to be a better place to be. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with, with, with either one of those options. And um, this one's from Coop. Uh, with the success of the Wanderers and how Vancouver has approached things with the temporary stadium, do you think there are lessons learned and important points you made when trying to consider expansion? And um, with the league having heads being a combination of owners, has there been discussions or a blueprint, so to speak, on the best or possibly right way to do things when faced with a lack of a stadium what's, um, and things like that? Well, yeah, we, we all talk. Um, and we've got a great commissioner in Mark Noonan who is kind of leading us through this phase of expansion and you know interesting discussions around new markets and new places uh, to go i think the reality is every situation is different right like halifax is very unique in that we have had this decades-long uh debate going on around a stadium around the cfl around you know what could work our growth over the last 10 years has been astronomical you know, we have this amazing location in the heart of the city that was a former stadium that had fallen into disrepair that was available again. Like that doesn't exist in every city, um, all of those factors. So I think every situation is a bit different. And you can see that in our teams now when you look around the league and, you know, Vancouver, uh, you know, made a decision to, you know, pick the location that they picked Um they worked with the municipality to build a stadium and, you know, have infrastructure there. There's an arena right beside it. That would be similar to our Scotiabank Center. Uh, they've got some great synergies between those two buildings. So they've got their own unique situation. Uh, Pacific, you know, had a great uh, stadium in in Starlight and um, that was shared with the Rugby Canada. And, you know, they were willing to make an investment and that worked out interesting. Calgary, you know, were able to build their own uh, stadium on their own piece of property at Spruce Meadows. That's this completely unique, different environment that exists anywhere else in Canada. Like I've been to Spruce Meadows. It's, it's, it's really, uh, really special and different and, and it works for them. Right. Uh, you know, Winnipeg, Hamilton, CFL teams, big, you know, gigantic, beautiful, uh, you know, stadiums. Um, they have their own challenges then because the stadium's too big and too nice. And, you know, it isn't we're not quite caught up to it yet at the CPL level. So we have all these kind of interesting different situations. So I don't think it's as simple as saying, you know, one size fits all and every city should do what we did. Um I do think a modular, you know, temporary prove it first and then convince, you know, the powers that be it's a worthwhile investment is a logical, you know, realistic approach for some places. Um, and and we're, we've had some conversations already with some cities that are interested uh, in that model and we'll happily, you know, share our experience with them and, you know, try to help them uh, as they move through that. But there's going to be some other places where that's not necessary and it's, you know, maybe a, a, a stadium is ready to be built um, through some other partnership and they're looking for another tenant and a soccer team can move in and, and help make it all work so it's really a uh it's it's again just a uh not a one-size-fits-all solution it's really has to be specific to you know each market each city and then equally to each ownership group which i think sometimes i know fans don't like to support owners or 
you know, it's about the club and it's not about the person. Um, and they, they can be punching bags sometimes when things don't go right. But, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, there's people putting up significant amount of money, uh, significant amounts of money to chase this dream. And of course it's a business. And of course, one day there may be something in it um, for them, but it doesn't take away from the fact that there's some significant risk uh, up front. So when you put in that uh, amount of money and you take that risk, you earn the right to, you know, make your decision on how you want to, you know, set it up and get started. And, you know, that's, uh, that's up to each, uh, each individual in each situation. So uh, Gary had asked me to ask you, um, because normally on the show when we have players, we ask them to name their five-a-side team. Um, He asked me to ask you to pick your five-a-side team from the players that have played for the Wanderers for like the last five years. I don't think it's fair to make you do that. Well, he did have a follow-up of uh, which player from the last five years would you love to go out for a beer with? Well, I I try not to go out for beers with any of them. Um, because they don't want me there. Uh, um, who you know what? I'd have to go back to uh, the name that jumps out at me is uh, Peter. Nice. I think I'd have to say Peter. Peter was a great uh, was a great player for us. You know, one of our original Wanderers, a great guy. Um, you know, had the Cape Breton connection was a man about town, uh, always enjoyed every conversation I ever had with him. I wish him, I wish him only the best, uh, wherever his career takes him. And, uh, it, it'd be great to catch up with him over a beer at some point. I hope he comes back to the city and comes to a game. And, uh, I'd love to, I'd love to catch up and have a beer with him and, and see how life's going. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I follow him on Insta. He's like a personal trainer now. He's got his own business. So he's doing all right. I think awesome. he's going to be good. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I'm sure he knows that he's always welcome back here. He's like his big fan favorite. So, um, of course, yeah. yeah. So Derek, it's been amazing catching up again. You know, I, I really appreciate that you do these every couple of months to kind of let people know what's happening. Obviously we had the big news with this, the stadium presentation and stuff like that. So I appreciate you kind of answering a few questions on that and obviously being open and honest with all the uh, listener questions too. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for doing what you guys do uh, to talk about the team and the league. And, you know, you guys have started a whole industry of podcasts now, uh, you know, across the country. So kudos to you guys to uh, keep it going. And, you know, I think it's great. It's great. You know, this uh, sometimes I know people get sensitive and, you know, we get upset with things sometimes. But at the end of the day, uh, we're talking about a sport uh, that gives people some joy and some escapism from the realities of day to day it's it's all good it's all yeah good. I, i'm gonna start charging people a franchise fee and uh, see how we make it out so <laughs> good, luck. good 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 luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> thanks a million Derek. Get out! Out to fuck!